juxtaposition of both reason and emotion in protesting and sort of the different reactions that uh, people have to both of those motivations and expressions in protest. Additionally, this podcast will be more broadly about how people have reacted to the protests and um, why it is that they may have had those particular reactions. I didn't really want to participate in any other protests if I didn't have the full knowledge behind it myself. Okay. So like a lot of the a lot of things were going on and like I'd hear like the news story and like but I just because I wouldn't ha- be able to like you know personally research and see mm-hmm. you know and form a proper opinion I didn't want to just throw myself in any any situation you know mm-hmm. but like for example like uh, with the recent uh, outburst over the Trump stuff right. like I I really just like stayed out of it because like. I did. I do think you know Trump is obviously like a bigot and stuff right. like that, and I do believe in free speech. But then like there's also those students broke the rules. They didn't get that stuff, you know. And it's just like I was just so in between mm-hmm. on like, like I just so I just like sometimes I just I I stay out of it because mm-hmm. I have my own opinion. You know, right. I'll just express that to who right. needs to hear it. For me, at least at that point, I didn't have a clear idea mm-hmm. as to why, like, the protest was the specific action that was taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of trickled on to later things. But I think, yeah, for that one, I don't think I would have attended because yeah. at, at that point, you didn't, um, yeah. yeah, it didn't seem as clearly planned out as I personally would like things to be and explained as, you know, I mm-hmm. like things to be. Um, and I know it's not about me, but, you know, with my involvement in it, mm-hmm. of course, um, so yeah, so with that one, that was why. The sit-in was, uh, different from maybe a march or, mm-hmm. you know, shutting down a road. It was, uh, yeah, like I'd say healing is definitely like a pretty good word because for a lot of people just to be... First of all, a sit-in is good because um, it's very nonviolent, mm-hmm. um, so that appeals to more people. Mm-hmm. So you're much more likely to get a big crowd of people mm-hmm. to participate in a sit-in than you are uh, to, you know, a march, for example. Um, so that's good because it's easier to bring in the whole community. Mm-hmm. I thought the I thought the one uh, that I went to was effective mm-hmm. because it sort of had. Um, it sort of had, like, an agenda to it or a structure to it. Um, different okay. people got up and spoke. Um, and just in terms of the number of people there, I think it was pretty far-reaching. Um, and I think it was, like, the message was very clearly communicated. I also think that the ones I didn't participate in, like um, uh, the one where they were, like, chanting in the library and then they went out mm-hmm. onto Clifton Road mm-hmm. and um, blocked traffic there. I think stuff like that is also effective. Um, 
Although I think that like other people's reactions to that are not as um, positive. For me, I guess I just need to have almost clear goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially clear goals for me at a protest because people are running on such high emotions mm-hmm. and it can get very emotional mm-hmm. that I personally don't think that any of the students involved should have to be subjected to that if there's not, almost if there's not an end goal in sight mm. um, because it's taxing mentally and physically and emotionally to all the students who participate. Right. Um, and so for me, there just has to be something clear that's coming out of it. Right. And yeah, while I think good things happen from it, um, it was just the front end I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point that information is a lot more, yeah. a lot better published and provided, but just at the moment didn't have it. Like the, I feel like there are connotations that come with saying thinking rationally, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say that other people who are protesting aren't thinking rationally, you know, because they definitely are. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, making sure that like I'm breaking things down in like rational, logical f- fashion at every step of the way, so that we're looking at, like I said, what are the end goals of this? How can we, how can we best achieve that? Like, what is going on? Surveying the audience of everybody else protesting, like, where do they want it to go? Where, what do they need to say? And so I'll be thinking, you know, where do they want to say? I'll be thinking that type of stuff in my head. I just don't think that protest, like, alone ever will, like, just direct, directly result to change, like, it's not only protest, but you still need, like, there's a, a large amount of, like, reason and logic that you just have to present to important people and keep forcing it on them. Additionally, in a recent article he published, Dean Nyer had something to say about um, needing a call for evidence in, you know, wanting to create social change from these protests. He said, Notably, those in power in the academy may privilege quantitative data over the qualitative evidence that can take into account the lived experiences of marginalized groups. Those who fit neatly into institutional structures are in a position to demand such evidence before acknowledging the need to reimagine the existing structures that privilege those in power. The stakes are high for all parties. Individuals privileged with social capital emphasize that higher education was nobly integrated half a century ago, and they suggest that people of color should be more resilient to show greater respect for the tenets of these venerable institutions. To some extent, too, if I was a part of a much more confrontational like rally or protest, I like if something went wrong or if I got hurt or like something, right? I I could just see it turning into why was she there? Like, why did she put herself in that situation? Why would she go and start causing all the sparks when she knew something could happen? And and I'm, like, hearing this in the voice of my father and my parents mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. and the internet community. Um, yeah, because as opposed to having, like, a very clearly communicated message, it's sort of just people are just like, oh, they're being loud and disruptive and, like, they don't want to take them seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they, like, it's pretty easy to find a reason to not take it seriously um so yeah I think it was I guess that has to do with like respectability I guess but interesting so you think maybe that one of the main differences is how each of the protests was um received by the community 
Yeah. Yeah, like for me, uh, the main thing is that I, I under I understand that. Uh, a large portion of people will, um, you know, due to their ignorance, associate you with like. Uh, like a troublemaker mm-hmm. or you know um and amazingly lazy right so that's another thing that uh, a, a lot of emory protesters got was that uh we should be focusing on our schoolwork instead of of complaining right and acting like we our lives are so difficult like rarely are there protests in the world for something that, like, people just didn't try and go, quote-unquote, through the system to... To change. Like, to change, yeah. yeah. And so I think a lot of people respond to it as, holy crap, like, people are pissed. Mm. Or, you know, I guess the, there are those who are going to respond to it and think, oh, they're just running on emotion. Mm. Um, but I mm-hmm. think breaking that down and actually thinking about, like, what were the steps that led up to this Mm. because again like nobody comes together and says like let's just protest that's that sounds fun like everybody's like no what are the all what are different ways that we can get through like and somebody in the room is going to say like oh we haven't tried this yet and Mm -hmm. like you're going to go that route before you generally before you try and protest that's generally you know Mm -hmm. oh it's saying we haven't been heard so yeah i think just People may view it as emotional, but I think it's important to recognize that there's a history behind it or else it wouldn't be a thing. Okay. It wouldn't be in, come, have come into being. So you think that protesting, in a way, is sort of like a final resort that people use to... Not... Yes not and final, no. but... Yes and no. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say yes and no, like... There will always be, you know, different things going on. And, like, once you try one measure, like, generally people, for instance, they'll see protests and say, like, oh, well, why aren't you doing this or that? And it's, like, usually, trust me, many people are doing this and that. Mm. (laughs) You know, and it's just not being heard. So in addition to that, we're protesting. So, but I think it is a way of, it is a way of saying, like, look, we're fed up. Mm Mm-hmm. And like we are very quickly getting to a point where like we are no we're not dealing with this, mm-hmm. and so since you haven't heard our voices, like this is how we're going to do so. In another recent article of his, Dean Nyer noted that these protests are often much more complicated than uh, people would like to make them out to be, and that people perceive them to be. He says that a new polycultural framework would recognize that our community members are not all operating on a level playing field, and issues on the global and national stage intersect profoundly with our campus communities. Our own limited framework of multiculturalism, for example, has pushed students involved in the Black Lives Matter movement to exercise their right to open expression. They're occupying intellectual, emotional, and physical spaces where they've been previously marginalized or excluded. At each turn, these student activists are not simply encountering counter-speech. Their humanity is being called into question through threats to their safety, as well as microaggressions that chip away at the human spirit. 
It's most important to note that this is not the experience of most individuals who exercise the right to free speech. Clearly, not all groups experience the same consequences when they exercise the right to open expression. He also cites another article that um, responding to the chance of Black Lives Matter, a striking vitriol purports that we live in a post-racial society free from systemic oppression, characterizing the movement as oversensitive, misguided, and spiteful. I think uh, protests like sit-ins can be useful, um, but only if, only if the other side is willing to listen, you know? So I think, I think they're definitely limited, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but just because there's no guarantee that um, this protest or this sit-in is necessarily going to work, that doesn't mean that people aren't are going to stop trying, right? Right. I'd like to end with one last quote by Dean Meyer, sort of expressing how important it is that we listen to these protests and we acknowledge the validity of them um, because they're really touching on issues that are not just pervasive at Emory, but pervasive in the whole of American society. He says, the voices of students representing the Black Lives Matter movement may be underrepresented on our campuses, but we should not measure the relevance of issues based on the number of students involved in protest on our respective campuses. These students are expressing their concerns in the face of threats and racial subjugation. They're leading courageously and giving voice to many others. As a result, they're organizing across institutional boundaries and have created a powerful movement. And even if they don't represent a majority opinion, they have the right to express themselves without fear for their safety and security. Polyculturalism recognizes that we must fight for social justice always and everywhere. It understands that justice is at the heart of humanity on a college campus or in Beirut, Nigeria, Paris, Ferguson, or Charleston. Importantly, polyculturalism also recognizes that cultural humility, debate, and dialogue are necessary components of building a socially just community. They demanded to speak to him. They went to the administrator's office. They held signs. They just—they—they they were disruptive. I mean, they—they they were loud. 